pause for a moment uh, out of our week. Just take the moment just to acknowledge that there is no one like you. That you are the King of Kings. That you are the Lord of Lords. That you are our creator. That we didn't create ourselves. We didn't breathe life into ourselves. We're dependent on you whether we acknowledge it or not. So Lord, I pray that you would just help us as people who uh, um, have oriented our lives to say there is a God. His name is Jesus. And we want to orient our life around Jesus. Lord, help us to be faithful. That's what this month is about. This is what uh, uh, why we gather. We just want to be faithful, Lord. So help us as a church to be faithful. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, uh, I was going to say thanks to the worship team. That was a really uh, great talk. I, uh, I speak at a lot of churches, and, um, and you know, some of y'all might not know I have a music background, and uh, it's bad when they got a bad band that gets up front before you preach, and you got a music background. You're like, man, this music sucks, man, but you got to go preach. Uh, so I'm really grateful. And it's grateful that. Uh, you know, you had like Urban Doxology up there, and like an Eagles matchup that was kind of like they like the Eagles up on the side. It was, it was really great. That's one of the things I love about our church, man. I just love the fusion. I love some of the beauty that I see. But just take a minute, just like look around, um, look around you. You know, sometimes when I stand here, um, from you know my perspective, and here's some questions that come to my mind. Some questions come to mind of like. You know, there are a lot of people where I can name what college they came from here. I have a college degree, but there, the majority of people in our neighborhood don't have college degrees. Um, uh, black people are minority in our, I mean, are the majority in our community, yet they're the minority in our church. Um, you know, I, I wonder why the people from uh, uh, lower socioeconomic places uh, have not yet decided to make this place their spiritual home. And these are questions that you know I ask myself on a constant basis because you know this is about ten years that we've uh, been a part of this community, and uh, even as I think about this, like man, what if Eastern Fellowship was getting started in 2018? With the vision that we had of, of being a church that wanted to be a local representation of a racially diverse but also an economically diverse church, um, what we have picked Church Hill as the community to go into. Ten years ago when I moved into Church Hill, Church Hill wasn't the cool part of town. And now it is the cool part of town. And so this brings some questions in my heart and mind. Uh, not just only in mind, but even as the elders, as we're trying to discern and uh, trying to figure out, you know, what does this mean for our community? How can we really be faithful? You know, how do we be faithful to our mission? Is it, uh, are we to be faithful to a geography where if the neighborhood changes and uh, 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 poor brothers and sisters are displaced, are we supposed to then now, supposed to just uh, minister to the folks that are gentrifying? And is that because we're a place-based ministry, what we're supposed to do? Or are we supposed to be uh, faithful to a demographic of people where we engage to a particular demographic of folks? Or is it a particular methodology that God wants us to use and to be faithful to whomsoever comes according to the methodology that we have? And I want to tell you this. I have more questions than I have answers, and I see more challenges than I see clarity of an answer. I think this is true of all of us uh, on the elders team. I, I have not had one person in the elders meeting where they were like, I know exactly what we need to do. Guys, this is what we do. Um, actually, most of our elders time, we're either asking questions and we're praying and we're like, Lord, what in the world do we do for the next season, even to the next 10 years? 
you know, Jer- Jeremiah and Allison Hurst uh, are uh, two people that are part of our community, but they spent the last almost two years in uh, Norway as missionaries. And uh, they scheduled a phone call with me to talk and to try to discern what is it like to um, come back and how do they plug in into this community. And, you know, I was telling them, and they were, and they were asking me, they said, hey, David, people keep on saying that, like, Churchill has changed in the last two years. And I was like, yeah, I mean, there's a, a hipster soda pop shop on Venable Street. <laughs> and they were like, yep, that has changed. Lord have mercy. <laughs> you know, being the kind of church that God is calling us to be, there isn't a... Uh, cookie-cutter formula for it. If we were trying to be a suburban church, there are a ton of resources for how to be a fast-growing suburban church. If we were going to be one of the cool hipster urban churches for suburban people who moved into the city, then there's a ton of resources for that also. But trying to be a place that is trying to live in this like tension as reconcilers, there isn't a template um, for us. And so what this does is that it, 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 it helps us to see that hearing from God is not a luxury, but it's a necessity for our community. Say that again. Hearing from God is not a luxury, but it's a necessity for our community. It is our birthright. Amen. Thanks, preachers. I got the preachers help me out. Amen. <laughs> so, so, I mean, like, it's really important because a lot of times when we talk about fasting and praying and hearing God, in our individualistic culture, we are oftentimes thinking about that for ourselves. And it's really important that we do hear God for ourselves, but, but, but what we as elders are asking us to do is to hear God for us. Like, we don't have a kind of, like, we're this great leaders and thus say of the Lord, like this kind of Moses kind of experience. Like we need, uh, uh, God will speak through everybody in here. And we are humble enough to listen to wherever God is going to speak, whether it's from you, you, your children, uh, somebody from the neighborhood, uh, uh, somebody on the team. We all are seeking God together. So guys, you know, you might ask, why are we doing this? Why is this so important to hear from God? It's because it's our birthright. It's our necessity. It's, 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 it's the thing that's the most important thing that we could do. And so I just want to just spend a little time reflecting in um, this parable that uh, when Jesus gave his most famous sermon called the Sermon on the Mount, he came and he collected a lot of disenfranchised people. And it was about 5,000 folks that he shared um, his, his wisdom, and it's the Sermon on the Mount, considered the greatest sermon uh, that is recorded by uh, any person. And at the end of the sermon, Jesus gave uh, an instruction, and he gave uh, a parable about the wise and the foolish builder. And I just want to read this parable because uh, uh, this is going to help guide our time over this next season. Uh, verse, uh, Matthew 7, verse 24 through 27, it says this. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and then the winds blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. Because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house. And it fell with a great crash. You know, about 10, 11 years ago, when Joy and I went to go uh, purchase a house and we were trying to find out where we were going to live, uh, we didn't know that much about house buying, and there was a lot of folks uh, uh, renovating. And in Churchill at that time, you had a lot of bad uh, contractors, and you had, and you had a lot, and some good contractors. Um, it's kind of changed where, where, where nowadays, because uh, there are so many people flipping houses, that you know the bad ones are kind of being weeded out. 
But in our time, it was kind of a, a crapshoot. Um, well, one of the houses that we put a contract on actually had a bad foundation. The only way we were able to figure out if it was a bad foundation was because when you go through the house buying process, you get a home inspector. And the home inspector goes and they check through a bunch of lists. And one of the things that's most important that they go find out is whether or not um, the house is built on a good foundation. Is the foundation laid properly? Well, we discovered that the foundation wasn't laid properly and, and we looked for another house. Um, and the house that we live in had a great foundation. The key to this story is that Joy and I had didn't have the tools within ourselves to know whether the house foundation was good or not. What I want to let you know is that the Holy Spirit is the house inspector that helps you to know whether or not the foundation that you're building is the right foundation or not. And so the way that we get a chance to understand whether or not our foundation is good because you could be thinking that you're building a good foundation, but then uh, when a circumstance comes in your life, everything crumbles. Everything that you've been trying to build on crumbles underneath you. I wouldn't want to go through life that way. I wouldn't want to go through life uh, um, trying to figure out whether or not am I doing the right thing or not. And Jesus makes this really clear. And he says that it's, it's the wise builder, the one that builds the house the right way, is the one that hears God and obeys God. The foolish one hears God and this is God. The foolish one is the one that hears what God is saying but doesn't actually do what God says to do. It's as simple as that. And so it's, it's imperative that we get a chance to understand what does it mean to hear God. So the wise builder in essence says this. What is God saying? And what should I do about it? Can you just repeat after me? What is God saying? And what should I do about it? One more time. What is God saying? And what should I do about it? One more time. What is God saying? And what should I do about it? Now, we as leaders oftentimes say, hey, we need to hear from God. You need to hear from God. You need to hear from God. You need to hear from God. But then we actually looked at, we actually never took the time and said, this is how you hear from God. So we want to take the time for the next four weeks and engage in practical practices on how do we hear from God. You might ask why. Because we don't want to be foolish people. And so when I think about the wisdom of this great philosopher that I, that I knew about in my childhood called Mr. T, he said, I pity the fool. <laughs> we don't want to be a fool, so that's the reason why we spend some time developing this practical tool um, that's going to help you know how to understand what we call the Kairos moment. So let me just spend a little bit of time trying to help you understand a little bit about what a Kairos moment is. A Kairos moment is an event that God has set apart where his world and our worlds intersect. It's when heaven and earth kind of intersects in our lives. And this is the thing. This is something that God is always active, uh, actively wanting us to do. You don't have to wonder, is God speaking? The question you have to wonder is, like, am I listening? That's a different way of looking at it. So imagine that you're kind of going for a drive. And what we're going through the drive of life, going about 45 miles an hour, and then all of a sudden there's a bump that happens. There's a speed bump. Now speed bumps are put in place so that we can actually slow down. But if you don't know what a speed bump is for, then you just kind of go over and just pop over and then just keep on going. Well, the way that God works, that's a moment where God's really trying to get your attention. But if you just keep on going, God's going to put some more speed bumps in your place. And so you get, you just start walking down and dropping down like this. And you actually get accustomed to not hearing the voice of God. So you're wondering, oh, why is it God speaking to me? Well, it's God is speaking to you, but you're just used to riding like this. Until there becomes a situation where you just have to come to an utter stop. And God's like, hey, 
Would you please pay attention to? So let me just give you a couple examples of what a Kairos moment is like. You know, it could be a time where you're reading a scripture and that scripture stands out to you. And it just kind of meditates on you. It could be a song uh, that just kind of sticks in your head. I'm not talking about that Cardi B song. I'm talking about like another kind of song. It could be, and it could be the Cardi B song, God telling you to be holy. But that's a different that's a different thing. It could be a conversation that you had, or uh, uh, um, someone that, that might be in. Um, um, you know, it's, it's just really important to understand that every time God speaks to you, it's not because it's for something bad or something corrective. God can speak sweet nothings to your ear just to say, hey, I'm, you know, you're my child. I love you. That could be a Kairos moment and you just need to live into that moment. But then there also could be something that could be corrective. It could be an area of sin or struggle or something that you have been struggling with uh, in your life and that's a Kairos moment. It could be a bad situation like a loss of a job or, um, or, or maybe uh, there could be um, a season of change that might happen in your life. You know, one of the good things about New Year's, people make light of New Year's resolutions and things of that nature, but seasons are kind of good times to kind of recalibrate. Like, there have been times in my life where God spoke to me something in January, and that was kind of the word I was wrestling with throughout the whole, the rest of the year. And so this is the reason why in this season, uh, we're going to take the time to uh, hear a little bit about what God is saying so that we can be wise people that ask the question, what is God saying and what am I supposed to to do about it. What are the two questions we're supposed to ask? What is God saying and what are we supposed to do about it? Alright, so I want to just transition and just let you know that we created this tool to help uh, people learn how to hear and obey God. And over the next uh, four weeks, we're going to really spend some time um, um, digging into this. So if you would, take a look at this, just pull this, this little like uh, bookmark looking thing. It's called a Kairos tracker. And again, a Kairos moment is when, when God's world uh, intersects with our world. And what we want to do is we want to start to practice uh, uh, what is it like to just hear from God. So what we want you to do over the next two weeks, that's the reason why you got a, a week one and a week two, every day, seven days out of the week, what want you to do is to write one Kairos moment. One time when you got a sense where God intersected with your world. Where you got a sense of presence of God. You know, you could even wake up one morning and just see, experience something of beauty. And you're like, wow, there's a God that exists. And this is just really amazing. So you write that down. If that happened on Monday, you write that down on Monday. You have a conversation with your best friend, and it just helps you to know something faithfulness about God. On Tuesday, you get angry with somebody, and God says, you know, you got to work on that anger. You write that down on Wednesday, if it happened on Wednesday. Everybody understand how this works? Yeah. So this is what I want you to do. Write down this every day, and then bring this that bring this to you on Sunday. Bring this with you on Sunday. Keep up with it. Bring it with you on Sunday. And then next week, we're going to go um, spend some time, some practical time with the next steps of how do we process these Kairos moments. This is going to be very practical over the next three to four weeks. And so please, please, please uh, do the work. This is one of the situations that you get out of it, what you put into it. And so uh, one of the great things about us spending some time in fasting is because your, your senses get more aware and you're able to kind of see and hear a little bit more about what God is saying and doing. Uh, house church leaders just want to make a note. Just encourage the people in your uh, house church to just ask, hey, how's this going? Are you uh, writing that out? Are you taking that time? Um, just really encourage people in this area. So this is what we're going to do uh, just for the remainder of our time as a church. We really want to spend, we want to practice kind of spending some time praying and seeking God together. Over the next, you know, 10, 15 minutes, what we're going to do as a church is we have uh, some microphones here. And um, we're going to have some time of, of prayer, uh, some time of worship. And uh, we want to specifically focus our prayer time on preparing uh, our hearts and, and just receiving and posturing ourselves to kind of hear and receive from God as a community over the next 21 days. It's great to pray about a lot of things, but at this moment, it's not the time to pray for 
your neighbor or pray for, you know, somebody who's sick or whatever. At this time, we're just praying about God. Would you please speak to us? You prepare our hearts. We want to spend about the next 10, 15 minutes praying together as a community. Then after that, we'll transition into communion, and we will um, uh, do communion together as we see God together as a community. There's a microphone up here. Um, just feel free to come up and just articulate prayers that might be in your heart. So, Lord, I just really pray uh, that you will prepare us. Uh, prepare us as uh, a people that will seek you. You said in your word that you're a rewarder of those that diligently seek you. He said, seek, you shall find. He said, knock, and the door will be open. Lord, I pray that you would just help us as a community to uh, fully be who you're calling us to be. Lord, when times get hard and the fast, I pray that you would just help us to deny ourselves so that we, we, we could uh, make more capacity to receive more of you. Be with us in this time of prayer. In Jesus' name. Father, I just feel like you're uh, putting on my heart um, just that you would prepare us. and give us a different perspective as we approach this fast, Lord, that we would approach it with thinking through that this is a time of strength and not a time of weakness. Lord, that when Jesus, I remember reading in a, in a book that and it really struck me when, I, when the author said that when G, at the end of his 40 days of fasting, when his spiritual resources were at their maximum. Because we so often think about his weakness, his, his hunger, his desire in the moments in the desert. But he was at his fullest because he had fed on nothing but you for 40 days. Um, so, Lord, I just pray that, that you would work in our hearts, work in our minds, that that would be our perspective, Lord, that as we're going, Lord, that this is a time of refreshment as we hear from you, a time of, of setting aside things that are, that are weighing us down and keeping us from really living in joy um, and living the life that you want us to. In Jesus' name. Father, I recall in 2015 at the Chimbo House, we had a desire to hear from God. In 2016, Jesse came to us every month and helped us learn how to, to do that. And that's become a center in 2017 now and 18 of our understanding of what it means to be a Christian leadership in RCLI. Father, this, this spirit, this this insight that you're giving, even now, you began years ago to draw us to yourself. Father, you always speak everywhere with one voice. And we thank you that we are hearing even more profoundly today what your intentions are in our midst is that we hear you. Father, help us to hear Give us listening ears. Open our eyes to see you. In Jesus' name. Abba Father, we just want to say that we we truly love you right now. Thank you for giving us this I'll say mission and this vision where we will talk
totally and completely depend upon you. Father God, make us living sacrifices, honoring you, bring your kingdom down here in our homes, on our streets, in our sanctuary, Father God. We ask right now that you bring the Holy Spirit down, give us fresh anointings, so that we can be living sacrifices only to you, Father God. I see a vision of us running, running to the cross, falling on it, screaming, praising God, saying, Father God, I just need you. I want to be more faithful and just depend upon you, Father, because you're the answer. You always know what our fates are. You always know what the outcome is. But I see us falling on our faces in the next few weeks and just asking you to take over the wheel because we can't do it. That it comes from you, Father God. Just bless us so that we can hear you clean out our ears and open our eyes. Because you can make our pathways straight, Father God, in the midst of us being in control of the will. Just let us, let you take over the will, Father God. Thank you so much for this vision and this mission. Father God, um, let's thank you for this time. Um, uh, just thank you for stopping me, Jesus. Um, I move so fast, and um, I just forget to pay attention to you, Father. Um, I forget um, how far you bring me, and um, I forget that I'm a father. I'm, 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 I'm farther than you know I was at one point. And you know when I get going, and I get going, and it's like, oh, what happened to Jesus? And I get used to riding on those speed bumps until I stop and then there's nobody but you and um Father God just ask for forgiveness for that Father for um you getting the wheels going and just you know leave you <laughs> and, um just forget that you're not even leave you Father you're always walking beside me but I forget that you're there and um you know I get to this point where it's like Father God, thank you for always being consistent, always being my foundation, always being my rock, always walk with me even when I don't see you, Jesus, always just being there, talking to me, Father, when I ignore you, Father, because you love me that much to be ignored, Father. You love me that more you love me that much to be set aside, Father, and still pursue me. You love me that much to be put down, Jesus, and still come back, Father. Um you, you love me that much, Father, just to stop me when you know it's when I'm about to take on too much, Jesus. When you have plans for me, Father, that no one knows but you, Father, and they're greater than any plans that I have for myself. And I'm sorry. I'm sorry to myself. I'm sorry to you that, you know, I keep going through this cycle, you know, riding on those speed bumps, getting comfortable, and ignoring when you call me out of my comfort zone. So, Father, um, I ask that I listen more, that I stop and pay attention, that um, I take comfort in you and nothing else, that um, I stop walking next to you, but walk with you, Jesus. Um, Amen. for boldness that despite what we are afraid of we might walk in your truth that our boldness may be the repair of the foundations that we built in the wrong places that we may proclaim your faith even when we don't feel you near us Lord encourage our steps to follow behind you even when we feel like we can't really see where you are going Lord give us unshakable faith that we might trust you even when what we see does not look like you are there 
Give us the power to stand firm on your word, despite what lies the enemy may try to tell us. Break down the walls and close down hearts. Break the chains of our vices. Allow us to be vulnerable enough to lean into your glory and that be enough for us. In Jesus' name. Lord, we thank you for this time. Um, We just thank you for your goodness and faithfulness to us. Um, I just pray that you would use us in this community to be a ray of hope and love and joy. Um, When we see the brokenness and the hurting and pain in this community, that you would use us for your glory to bring um, the truth of your gospel, of your name. that even though we don't even always as Christians have it all together, I thank you that um, we're loved because of your faithfulness. Um, I just pray that you would teach us to have joy despite the circumstances and a peace that transcends all understanding. And we just thank you for your goodness to us. We thank you for waking us up this morning. We thank you that you died and rose again, that we may have life and live it to the fullest. And I just pray that you give us strength and encouragement today. Um, And we love you and pray this in your name. Amen. I've been praying throughout the last couple of weeks since I found out about the fast, asking what the Lord wants to give us through this as a, as a congregation and David and I actually prayed together before the meeting but he didn't tell me he was going to be talking about the building inspector and what I had written this morning was I found it perfectly summarized when I read Oswald Chambers this morning in My Utmost for His Highest And I felt like what the Lord was saying was he wants to give us the strong, calm sanity that our Lord gives to those who are intimate with him. And then I wrote, this is the house that is built upon the rock. And so, Lord, my my prayer for all of us is that we will open our end of that portal into us that you so long to pour into that we can have that calm, strong sanity that doesn't budge in the midst of the storm. That you will be our foundation in a newer in a stronger and a more extensive way than you have ever been before. And I pray that we will wholeheartedly throw ourselves into this opportunity. Um, I've just been praying through um, a lot of scriptures this past couple weeks about Agriculture. Those are the things that God's been showing me. This image of a vineyard, this image of a garden. And he's been speaking them to all of us for a lot longer than I was listening. Um, but the two things that I've noticed and realized is two things. Um, one is that both a garden and a vineyard serve no like real purpose other than beauty and joy. They bring these gifts of life into the world. Um, and then they both require work. Um, and so my prayer for our church, my prayer for myself, um, is that we would join with God in in just the garden of our hearts and the garden of our souls and the garden of our communities and, and just do that work with him to pull up the roots and the weeds and um, to prune back the trees and let the sunlight in um, because... Um, he longs to make us a blessing. He longs to make us a place of rest. 
He longs to make us a place of beauty and of joy and of dancing and celebration and laying in the grass and looking up at the sky. And that is the warmth and the light that he longs for the spring to bring. Um, but in the winter, there's a season of gardening and a season of pruning. And um, I just, I pray that we will, we will do that work. We will not neglect that work with God um, so that we can flourish in the spring. Father, we thank you for being a God who is near to us um, and for speaking to us even though we're not worthy, Lord. Um, so we come to you humbly, God, and we thank you for. Oh, um, sorry. We thank you, Lord, for opening up your mouth and speaking. And we pray that your words won't fall on deaf ears anymore. We we pray that you'll open up our ears so that we may hear and that we will act, Lord. I pray a spirit of action into us, O oh God. Um, that we won't let this be dormant, that we won't ignore what you're saying, that we will hear and we will act. And as we prepare for this fast, Lord, strengthen us with your Holy Spirit um, and give us the grace to not just get through this, but to to survive and to thrive in it, Lord, Um, because we know that's what you call us to. So, Lord, um, put action in our spirit. Don't let us be procrastinators anymore, but let us start now. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. One of the great ways we can continue to cultivate um, that um, image of uh, cultivating the garden of our hearts is through the practice of communion. And what Jesus said on the night that he was going to be betrayed, he was going to be betrayed, he says, uh, he took the bread and he gave thanks and he broke it and he said, this is my body which is for you. I want you to do this in remembrance of me. And so this brokenness is uh, what we, what God uses to help to remind us that um, it's, it's the flesh that was broken that breaks the things in our heart, the hardness in our heart, so that God, the seeds of the kingdom can be cultivated. Then he took the cup and this is the cup of the new covenant this is my blood and do this whenever you drink it do it in remembrance of me for whenever you eat this bread whenever you drink this cup you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes and this is how we get new life unless a seed falls to the ground and dies you can't get new life So we would have our communion service come on up. So let's spend a little time of singing and uh, serving communion.
Can you hear the children sing to the mighty King of Kings? They said, I am covered, I am covered, but my God passed over me. I'm alive today, my sins are raised, for the blood is covered. Can I forget on that great day when the Christ died for the world? He became the Lamb, perfect sacrifice, freeing every boy and girl. Can you hear the nation sing to the mighty King of Kings? They said, I am covered, I am covered. My God passed over me. I'm alive today. My sins are raised, for the blood has covered me. Say, I am covered, I am covered. For my God passed over me. I'm alive today. My sins are raised, for the blood has covered me. Salvation, salvation, Jesus bled and died for me. I'm alive today, my sins are raised, for the blood has covered me. For the blood has covered me. For the blood has covered me.
Just to be clear, the fast starts tomorrow, and it ends on January 28th. January 12th. That's the last Sunday of the month. So it ends on that. So I, is it after the service or what? Yeah, we're going to have Alamo at the church on the 28th. So All right. bring your appetites and scroll your social media. <laughs> Take Instagram photos of Alamo. We're done with clinging to the ways that box us in Now we know we want to lean into the love you're offering For too long we put our faith in our own strength We must submit unto the reign of our true king So as a nation we call a mighty God is waiting on our simple declaration of our dependence Back to him is where we want to be Unless we're holding to your hand Too many bruises come from making that mistake We'll let you be the one who heals our every ache Don't want to take a step unless you lead the way So as a nation we call the mighty God on our simple declaration of our dependence back to him is where we wanna be love and selfish game left us empty singing we we sing deep deep sing clear clear our dependence finding refuge 